Are you tired of feeling like you have to hide your faith in order to be successful in business? Welcome to the Flamingo Advantage podcast, where Christian marketing and client experience coach Katie Horner leads you to embrace your uniqueness, to see the marketplace as a mission field and your business as an act of worship. Welcome back to the Flamingo Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Katie Horner, and excited to have with me today one of my mentors, a very special guest. This is someone I've admired for a very long time. He has a unique business in helping other people figure out what they want to do with their life and a very unique way of doing that. I have been a part of his membership uh, and his coaching program, his mastermind even for the last few months, and really excited to, to bring him to you today. He's the author of 48 Days to the Work You Love, also his brand new book, The Understanding Heart. Uh, really, really, really highly recommend that if you don't have a copy of that yet. Welcome to the show, Mr. Dan Miller. So excited to have you with us. Well, thank you. I'm always energized by my conversations with you and energized by the things you've done, but uh, looking forward to sharing together. Yes. And one of the things that is most unique about you and your brand, Dan, is that 48 days idea. And you know, that is one of the first, maybe more well-known books. You've written a lot of books but 48 days to the work you love. And then you sort of incorporated that 48 into lots of different ways. The 48dayseagles.com where your membership is housed. You use 48 on a, a lot of the things that you put out. Yeah, it's a license plate on my car. It initiates a lot of conversations everywhere I go. And here's how that happened. And as a marketing guru, you'll really appreciate this because it was more by accident than by design. I'm one to always experiment with things. I'm, I'm always experimenting with everything that I do. So this was years ago, and my name at the time was The Business Source. Now, can you think of anything more generic and mundane than three words that are so commonly used, nobody pays attention? And they were, but that's just what I had. I'd used that for several years. And then I experimented. And here's how, where it came from. I grew frustrated with the fact that I would meet with people who clearly were unhappy with their lives the way they were. We would map out a plan of what you need to do, the steps for the next 90 days, the next 180 days to change your life dramatically. And then I'd run into them a year later, gee, they hadn't done anything. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, I'm waiting until the kids get out of high school. I'm waiting until I pay off my own student loan debt. I'm waiting until the mortgage is paid off. You know, there's always something we're waiting on, waiting until all the lights are green. This is crazy. This was back when 48 Hours was becoming popular as a TV show. And I just randomly chose that. We don't pay much attention to 30, 90, 60. Those are common numbers. 48, I thought, you know, people will pay attention to that because it's different. And I'll tell you, it was like somebody threw gasoline on everything that I was doing because all of a sudden people said, you mean I really can change my life in 48 days? And my answer then, as it is now, is yes, you can, if you create a plan and act on it. And I think 48 days is enough time to assess any situation you're in. Identify where are you, get the advice and opinion of other people who you trust. Identify three or four options, do a little bit more research, choose one and act. And I think that can be applied to buying a house, moving where your kids are going to go to college, getting a job, starting a business, whatever you want, 48 days. And that's been really helpful. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for sharing the story behind it. And I think as we look for things that are unique, it's interesting that our Flamingo branding was sort of by accident as well. You know, we wrote that first book 
the faith like flamingos and it just sort of took off. Everyone started thinking of me as the flamingo lady and sending pictures of flamingos and, you know, like, oh, maybe there's something here. We should embrace this. Uh, But I love that you've stuck with it and you're very strategic about that. And you're very, very clear and focused on staying true to that branding. I've never seen you use other numbers for things. It's the underlying theme in anything that I do. If you want to start a new business, all right, let's have something up and running in 48 days. You want to get a promotion? You want to get a new job? You, know, you want to go to school somewhere? You want to go back and get another degree? 48 days is that timing frame. And here's how another thing, an example. Again, you'll understand this instantly as a marketing person, but I'm known primarily as a career coach still. So you do a Google search on career coach, you're going to get 12, 13 million sites where that's there. I'm probably in there somewhere. I don't really know where, don't really care. You put in 48 days, I own that. I'm going to own the first couple pages of a Google search, not because of fancy SEO or paid marketing or anything, just because that's what distinguishes me from all those other career coaches out there. 48, I'm the 48 days guy. And again, that has been the magic sauce for a lot of years. Yeah, I love that. And if you guys are listening or watching this on our video channels, I want to uh, challenge you to just go and do that. Open another screen tab right now and look up 48 days in the Google or the browser or whatever it is and see, because I'm sure you're right. And then if you want to test another one, go look up the Flamingo Advantage and see what comes up for that, because I'm pretty sure we own (laughs) own the searches on that one too. So, so, so fun and important that it stands out right? It's not one of the numbers we hear all the time, like you said, and that it is is unique and meaningful to you. And something that you said there is like, it's enough time to make a plan and take action, but not so much time that we get bogged down or that we allow ourselves to get distracted. And I think that's hugely key for any of us in making progress in our business, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's so easy to just wait and what Zig Ziglar used to call cooked in the squat. <laughs> we start thinking about something. And, you know, I, I talk to people who are writing a book. Gee, great. How long have you been working on that? Oh, seven years. You got to be kidding me. Throw it away and start over and do something significant. But yeah, it just is a reminder to take action rather than just getting stuck in thinking, planning, organizing. Do you ever get stuck? Wow. I'm wired in such a way that I have to take action very, very quickly. I love starting things. I love taking action. And I just, it, it is against my nature to feel like I'm stuck in something. Now, I'm probably overlooking something where you could identify that I got stuck, but I, I <laughs> most things I, I don't. I just, I take action very quickly. Mm. What's the first thing you do when you have a new idea or something new you want to act on? I'm a writer, first and foremost. So writing helps me think through my ideas. But my writing very quickly reads then to research. What about that? Just at lunch with my wife, Joanne, just earlier today, she was talking about she'd love to put together a writer's group. And I said, well, you know, what would that look like? And she started talking, and and rather than just reviewing a book at a time, which book clubs often do, I said, I know you, you'd be more interested in being like a quilting club or an art club where what you're doing is just a vehicle for sharing life together. She says, oh, yeah, you know, I want us to talk about our lives and what we're experiencing. 
I said, I've got a book, Bandersnatch. It's written about the group that C.S. Lewis had called the Inklings. It's marvelous at explaining the dynamics of what went on in that group. So that, that's how I take an idea and just, okay, I'll bet I have some resources. If I don't, I'm going to reach out to my network of people and find what will help me expand this idea very quickly. I very quickly identify who's an expert in that area where I had that idea. I want to reach out to them. I'm not patient enough to just learn it slowly over a long period of time. I'll get a coach. I'll find a mentor, somebody to help accelerate my understanding of that idea very quickly so that I want to, in 48 days or less, have that fully fleshed out. What's that going to look like? And it's, if it materializes, what, what do I want to do with that idea? I love new ideas. I mean, I, I am a fountain of ideas and I hope that I always am because I don't want to just have a life of sameness. If there's anything that's dangerous for me, Katie, it is that it's predictable sameness, even if that sameness is pretty successful in light of how other people would view it. I just don't like sameness. So I'm always looking to what is the new idea? What is going to be next? What can I start and grow? So would you say that you like adventure? Well, in my own way. Now, I'm not one to you know, feel like I need to bungee jump or go climb Mount Hilanjaro. Not in that way. But in my own mind, I'm very adventurous. You know, I explore new things and I research new cars that are coming out and I'll go a long ways to go to a particular car show. So the things that line up with my areas of interest, I'm looking for how can I be innovative and adventurous in that? But I'm not a sports guy. I don't play golf. You know, there are a lot of things like that that other people would consider to be great adventures that are not very appealing to me. What do you think is the greatest adventure you've had? Oh, my. Wow. That's a challenging question. You know, a couple of years ago, there were seven guys in our mastermind who went to Cuba together. It was a phenomenal experience. We went with no agenda. Well, we just went down there to experience the people, the culture, the food, the cars. But it was it was surprising what happened again in the conversations that we had and the, the people that we met that we could never have planned out in advance. They were just spontaneous because we were there just savoring the moment. So that's one example. I'm sure yeah. there are more. I love that. I love that. And I love that you you dive into things with curiosity too. And even, you know, in taking fast action and things and always asking yourself the questions of what would what would it look like and what is possible if and all of those things. But I'm wondering what do you do with an idea that fails? Like what if you dive in with everything and give an idea all you've got for 48 days and it doesn't work? Is there ever a time when it's appropriate to say, that didn't work and set aside the idea at whatever stage you're at. <laughs> yeah, probably about 40% of the things I start. <laughs> Not 48. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that high. When, when I, I start something, and this is, may seem counterintuitive or kind of scary to some people, your listeners, but I start things that have a high potential of not working because that's what energizes me. That's what's appealing. If something is guaranteed to work, eh, big deal. You know, There's why, no adventure why do it? in that. There's no adventure in that. 
So I purposely start things where I'm very unsure that it will work. But if it doesn't, then I'm also quick to abandon it. You know, the old adage, winners never quit, quitters never win. I mean, that's ridiculous. Winners quit often and quickly when something's not working. I mean, this next week, we're going to Dallas. Well, if we go up in the plane and all of a sudden, you know, we're 30 minutes out and realize we're headed to Chicago, we're not just going to keep going because now we're committed. No, we're going to redirect, come back and start over. If you realize you're off track and something isn't working, now the question then inherent in that is how long do you work on something before you abandon it? Now, if it really is an idea, let's take something that familiar in the world that we're in. If it is writing a blog or working on a book or starting a podcast or starting a mastermind or an online community, there in those things, my timeline is a year. If I say I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it for a year without second-guessing myself or looking over my shoulder. But if after a year I really take an evaluation, it's not producing results that I want, then I'm going to quit. I'm going to unplug it. I'm not just going to say, oh, persistence you know, makes everything work. If you just do it long enough or you may be three feet from the gold vein, just keep digging. I've probably missed some things along the way because I quit, but I've also had some things work that didn't look very promising in the first six months. But at a year's time, yeah, we're really getting some momentum. I mean, in podcasting, I mean, the average podcast has seven episodes, seven. That's right. not even two months. And people say, gee, you know, I've only got a thousand downloads. You know, nobody's listening and they abandon it. Well, it takes some time in, in a medium like this with the kind of competition we've got out there to build name, reputation, and an audience. So my rule of thumb there is a year. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that was true for us with our our previous podcast, For Your Success. We did over 200 episodes of that one before we kind of shifted gears and went off into this Flamingo Advantage direction. But it does, you know, it takes persistence and it takes consistency and it takes a little bit of resilience to get through the messy middle and those hard times when it doesn't maybe feel like things are working. And I think having a goal that says, okay, I've committed to this for this much time does help you to stay motivated to push through until you get to that point of safe evaluation and where you can decide if it really is worth it or not. You know, you mentioned a couple of things in there that are important. That is consistency. In doing something like this, a podcast as an example, I don't think there's anything that builds trust like consistency. And what a lot of people do is, well, gee, it didn't suit me this week. And so I'll just skip, you know, it doesn't make, nobody's holding, holding my feet to the fire. Nobody's looking over my shoulder. But without consistency in a medium like this, people don't learn to trust you. So I started my podcast in 2006, having come off of terrestrial radio for six years in Nashville, Tennessee, but then went to podcasting. And I said, I'm going to give these career tips, you know, every Friday they'll go up. If you like it, share it. If you don't, let us know. You know, you don't, that was my newsletter. Well, it, it, but I started the podcast in 2006 saying, going from radio, this is the way I'm going to be handling listener questions from now on. I've never missed a week. I've never done a replay. And it's now been over 17 years. Wow. That builds trust and it builds momentum and a whole lot of fun things. And of course, having been one of the early ones, 
back when I started podcasting, as near as we could identify, there were about 25,000 podcasts. Today, as you know, there's over 4 million. Right. So it takes something to get attention in that sea of sameness out there. You better be doing something unique to attract an audience. Yeah, I love it. The consistency is key. And for those of you wondering, where do I go to find Dan Miller and his podcast, his books, uh, we want to point you over to 48dayseagles.com. You can find out about his membership, his books, links to back to his podcast and all the things that he's doing there. Talk to us about your membership, Dan. Membership is not necessarily a unique business model, but it's worked for you and you've pulled in the uniqueness of the 48 branding into that. And you have other other things, other tiers that happen as well. What does that business model look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question because the way it developed is one of those things in retrospect that I can see how beautifully it unfolded and how God's timing was so perfect in it too. We were doing live events on our property in Tennessee. We had a converted barn on our property we called the sanctuary. It was a beautiful space where we could house about 60 attendees at any given time. We always told people our events capped at 48, but we would squeeze 60 into the space. But we had this barn then with guest quarters and my office was in there. We were doing those. Did those for 12 years. And then the county that we lived in showed up and said, you can't do live events in your property. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We're out in the country. You know, it's our property way up back off the road. No, you're not zoned for that. You can't do that. And they absolutely shut us down. I thought, wow, we had been doing seven events a year. People paid $1,000 for a two-day event, seven events with 60 people on it. You can do the math on that. That's close to half a million dollars. That was a big hit. The county says, you can't do that. Well, as you indicated earlier, I always look at situations like that and say, okay, what does this make possible? And I thought, how could we continue to have people to come together? We saw what was happening in terms of transforming people's lives, having them come together, spending time together, breaking bread together. And they go and do these wonderful things. How can we continue to have people to, to connect, to support each other, to cheer each other on? And this was back when online communities were kind of just getting started in popularity. And I thought, well, we could try that. It doesn't have some of the things that I like about being together in a physical space, but we could try that. Well, we did. The first week, we had 376 people join our online membership. And it has grown, grown consistently since then. And Guess what? Two years later, COVID hit. And everybody that had live events planned had to cancel them because nobody was traveling. We weren't meeting in groups and all that. I was positioned perfectly at that point to accept the hunger that people had for getting together. And it fueled what we were already doing in 48 Days Eagles. Again, it was an unwelcome, unexpected situation that caused me to start it. But then I was positioned perfectly for it two years later, and now it's grown significantly on that. And it's one of the most delightful things that I've ever have been a part of are these, all these people, we call them eagles. They're in there, they're sharing ideas and resources generously. And instead of it being just a two-day event, it's ongoing. So people feel the all year long support, multiple years of being supported in the group and sharing their ideas there. They can test their ideas and get immediate feedback on them. I love that. I love that. And I've been privileged to be able to share in the group. I've listened to other speakers that you've had in there as well. Uh, really a wealth of information for anyone interested in figuring out how do I build a business and uh, what lights me up. And I just love the way that 
that you're sharing there. You also are back to live events though, correct? We have one coming up in a couple of months. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> Last year. So here's another experiment. I was missing the live events in addition to our online communities, but I was missing that. So last year, I announced that I was going to do Food for Thought with Dan. These were lunches with me. No cost, no agenda. We just show up and share time together, share a lunch together, two-hour lunch. I would have people submit applications. I chose 12 people, five different locations. We did that. Those were absolutely delightful. And some of the things that came out of those were just amazing. And I thought, you know what? I really want to do that. So we've gone back to having an extension of that. But one day events were called Eagles Innovate. We do a play on the word innovate. But these are times to get together. And it's just one day. It's from 8.30 to 4.30. So it's just an extension of my lunch, really, to spend time together. So we're doing those. Yeah, we're starting to do those in locations. And here's the fun thing about that, Katie, is we just announced it to our online audience and said, where do you want to have events? And if you want to have an event somewhere, tell us where we could meet. And we're having people just pop up all around the country are saying, gee, I've got a place you can come meet. This morning at a gentleman with an unbelievable mansion up in the Chicago area, he says, come here, have one here. And these are people that say, just come here. You don't have to pay us anything. So we're doing that at churches, conference centers, people's private residences, retreat areas. Yeah, so we're doing that again, which is so fun. And to see people who are registering, those who are excited to get together. And I know we can do some unique things there that are still hard to do online. Yeah, I love the the building community aspect of that. And, and online is awesome. And when you can bring the online community into real life in a way like that, it just helps to concrete those relationships and go so much deeper. And if you're doing something that's fun, you know, something that is transforming lives, people want to be a part of it. So leaders emerge just everywhere and they say, how can I help? How can I be a part of it? And we just give them opportunity to do that. Hey, why don't you take care of catering in this arena? You know, why don't you set up the sound equipment that we need? in this arena. We just give people opportunities to do that. And of course, as you know, we give people opportunities to speak as well at those when they've proven their leadership jobs. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing how all of this works and in your business and the uniqueness of it, the way that you're empowering others to find uh, their unique specialty in the world and serve others that way. Um, it's been a privilege to have you here today. If you want to connect with Dan, find out about these events, find out about his membership, uh, we're going to, again, have you head over to 48dayseagles.com and get the information there. We'll also have the link in the show notes. Dan, what is the one thing you'd want people to walk away from today and remember? One of the things that I'm reminded of, because I have the privilege of working with people who are 13 years old and people who are 83 years old, but I met with a gentleman just last week who is retired as an attorney, but he really has no vision for the rest of his life. It just broke my heart. He described himself as he was an attorney because he had the academic ability to go on to graduate school. So he did, and he got a paycheck for that, but he never really cared for it. And so when I ask him now, what do you want his life to look like? What does he enjoy? He's really empty and vacant. But what I encouraged him, as I want to encourage anybody who's listening here, is it's never too late to have a new beginning. I mean, there, I talk to 27-year-olds who think, oh, I majored in the wrong thing. 
you know, I went to dental school and I shouldn't have done that. And they imply that now they're just going to kind of wait and coast into the grave. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Your whole life is ahead of you. But even if somebody is 76 years old, what do you want the next 20 years to look like? I mean, as, as longevity increases, we have to be clear about that. So no matter where it is that you are, if you're unhappy with who you are, you can draw a line in the sand and identify, how has God uniquely gifted me? If I really looked clearly, took a fresh look at my skills and abilities, <clears throat> my personality tendencies, my values, dreams, and passions, what would those look like if they were blended together for what I do on Monday morning? Boy, that's an exciting process. Never too late to have a new beginning. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Never too small, never too old, and never too late to have that new beginning. Thank you for being our guest today, Dan. We appreciate you. Wherever you're listening to this, folks, we want you to share this with a friend. If this resonated with you, if it sounds like something somebody you know needs to hear, please do them the favor of sharing this information with them. We would appreciate that. We look forward to seeing you again on a future episode. And remember, you can go out and have that life of purpose stand bold in what God has called you to do and share your message with the world. We'll see you next week. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend and consider joining our free listener community at theflamingoadvantage.com. Remember, my friends, your message matters and your voice is needed. Don't be afraid to let your flamingo show.